Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Stacks. I'm Jen Baxter. I am the Library Director for the Athens-Limestone County Public Library and I am sitting here today with Tina Morrison from the Athens-Limestone Tourism Group and Shane Black. As always, welcome back Shane Black. We're very glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, Tina, why don't you give us a little bit of background info about who you are and what you're doing in Athens and Limestone County. Okay. Thank you, Jane. My name is Tina Morrison. As you said, I'm new with Athens Limestone Tourism. I grew up here in Limestone County and moved away and I've just been back with the tourism office uh, since July, so just about two months. So this event that we have coming up, the Haunt Walks, I've not actually been on the tour, which is uh, why we brought Shane to tell us a little Mm -hmm. more about it. Um, I can tell you that it is every Tuesday and Thursday night in October, starting on October 4th. And uh, we are really excited about it. It's a two-hour walking tour, and you get to hear lots of great stories about the spirits of Athens. Cool, cool. Okay, so you said it's every Tuesday and Thursday in October? Correct. All right, and so let's just say someone just moved to the area and they don't know what's going on. What exactly can they expect whenever they take this tour? Well, we have two walking tours each night, one's at 7 and one's at 7.30, and those are going to be groups of about 25 to 30 people, and again, it is a two-hour walking tour, so of course you need comfortable shoes and, and dress for the weather. They will continue in a light drizzle, it just makes it a little bit spookier, I hear. Um, and then we also have a new feature this year, a wagon tour. If you don't want to do the walking tour, you can do the wagon tour with Wild Hearts Cowboy Carriage Rides. And he can hold about eight guests, and the wagon tours leave at 6.30. So we have two wagon tours at 6.30, and then a walking tour at 7, and one at 7.30. And that is every Tuesday and Thursday in October. Okay, so... I have to admit, I didn't go on a on a haunted walking tour last year. I wanted to. For some reason, I didn't. So, Shane, you're the expert in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talk about when we're on this tour? What are we hearing about? Well, we've got a lot of ghost stories in mm. Athens, Alabama, in Limestone County. Blessed with a lot, of, or cursed, depending on how you want to look at it, with a lot of different stories. And most of these stories focus in and around the downtown area in some of our oldest historical homes and neighborhoods. And so on this tour, we we spend usually around a couple of hours walking around some of them. If you've been on the tour before, you may hear a different one that you haven't heard in the past. Uh, It's a mixed bag because uh, we have so many uh, tours downtown that we typically couldn't tell them all in one tour. We'd go on for hours and hours. So we typically tell uh, five or six stories and walk around through the downtown at night telling them. And it's, uh, it's great. You learn a lot about Athens history with these stories. And all of them are rooted in detail. I mean, you hear ghost stories about someone's house or something, and there's something about a hissing cat in the corner or footsteps upstairs, and that's the extent of the story. But not, not in our case. These stories have great detail, and they're rooted usually in the history of the place that you're talking about. Uh, so these are all very interesting, very elaborate stories. And I grew up here, uh, but these are more elaborate and detailed than what I ever knew when I was growing up. So where did the, I mean, if you didn't hear when you were growing up, how do we know about them now? Well, about 
a decade ago, we made a concerted effort to try to collect local ghost stories and folklore. Uh, you know, the only way a story dies is if it's not written down, mm-hmm. right? And so our, the oral telling stops. There's a lot of places in our town where old-timers will remember their grandparents telling stories that they can't remember anymore. And so the danger in that, of course, is if you don't have them written down and you don't tell them, you lose your local folklore. So part of this was an effort to try to to hang on to our local history and folklore while we all could still remember it. And so we began to collect it. Some of us had been on, and as I'm sure many of your listeners have been to places throughout the South, like New Orleans and Savannah, and have been on ghost tours there. Some of us had been on that. We all got together and we were saying, what can we do around here, around Athens, around this time of year? And somebody said, well, I've been on some of these tours. I wonder if we could do something like that. Well, at the time, you know, like I said, growing up here, I'm a county boy from out in the county. I mean, we'd all heard the story about the Hanawal Bridge up towards the Tennessee line. And, and, and you'd heard a few stories about Athens, but nothing real concrete. And so we sort of put out feelers and put a little ad in the paper and asked for folks to share their stories with us. And, y'all, we were overwhelmed <laughs> with what we got in return. We got stories, like I said, that comes from specific places in great detail about those stories, about those locations. And many of these stories had been passed down inside people's families, and many of them had never shared those stories before with outsiders. But they did. We collected them all. We put them in a book called The Spirits of Athens, and then out of that came the ghost tours. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so I've seen this book before, and I've heard you tell a story or two, but how many stories are in that book in total? Well, there's actually several stories we picked up since we put the book out. People love to tell ghost stories if they know that you've tell ghost stories appreciate them but we've got 11 different stories in the book ranging from uh i'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with the donnell house which is the old home which is centered on the what used to be the athens high school then the athens uh, middle school now athens elementary school campus the donnell house has been said to be haunted for a hundred years or more and the ghost of little nanny Donnell who haunts the upstairs child's bedroom. We've got that story in here, everything from that to Founders Hall and the iconic uh, ghost at McCandless Hall over at Athens State University, the haunted cabins of the Beatty Mason House, uh, the legend of Colonel Turchin and his phantom riders who are cursed to forever ride through the town, through the streets of Athens, seeking forgiveness for their wicked ways. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we 11 different stories in here, but we, again, we can't cover all of those yeah. in a tour. So usually we'll take four or five of them. The interesting thing about these stories, though, is all of those that I just mentioned are all very focused in downtown Athens mm-hmm. and uh, historical districts which surround it. So that makes it pretty conducive to a walking tour. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have to, for sure, go out of my way to go on this tour because I can't sit in this chair next year at this time and say that I've missed it again. So I'll be there. Hopefully (laughs) I'll get to hear you tell one of the stories. Well, very good. It's fun and it's a good walk, too. Uh, It's You know, you walk around the town, you know, on a fall night when it's kind of cool and the moon will be out sometimes and it just sets the stage to be out there. And now with the wagons... And the availability of a tour where you ride on the wagon, the clip-clop of the horses going on while the story's being told is really neat. And for listeners that have a little trouble getting around, that's a real that's a real help to them, too. Right, right. That's a new feature this year. And then also new this year, in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, we have added two Spanish-speaking tours. And those will be on Tuesday, October 11th at 7 p.m., 
and Thursday, October 13th at 7.30 p.m. So those will be in Spanish, and we uh, we hope to have a big turnout there. We also have a new sponsor this year. It's Impact Roofing, and um, our tickets will be all online this year. They will all be on Eventbrite, so you can do your advanced tickets ahead of time and they are $25 for the wagon tours. Adults are $15 each. Kids are $10 each. And if you're going to book them, you need to book the wagon tour by midnight the day before and the walking tours you can book right up until noon the day of the tour. Definitely check Eventbrite for the tickets and they do typically sell out so you want to go get those right away. Okay, so if I go online right now, are they available today? They are available on Eventbrite. Okay, I need to do that. You sure do. Yeah. Okay, so let's tell one. Mm -hmm. What I think I'll share with your listeners, what they may be interested in, is what is probably the most well-known ghost story in Athens, and it's McCandless Hall over at Athens State University. Uh, Many of your listeners may know Athens State University is one of the oldest institutions of higher learning in the state of Alabama. Of course, the first building that was constructed there was Founders Hall, that iconic building that people get married in front of, you know, the graduations are out in front of, just so beautiful. Well, the second building on campus was McCandless Hall. So if you're standing there looking at Founders and you look just over to the right, you'll see McCandless, which was renovated a few years ago. Well, for years and years, it was the Center for Performing Arts in Athens. And that all began back when it was constructed in and around 1912. Now, that's before the time of TV and radio. And so at that time, folks got their entertainment in different ways than they did today. And one of the most common ways to do it was by taking in shows uh, presented by traveling groups of actors and actresses and musicians, which would come from town to town. And and they put on their shows for the town. And McCandless Hall is where we did that in Athens. As soon as it was built, that then became the Center for Performing Arts. So if you were a traveling group coming through, you come through McCandless Hall. And one of the most well-known ghost stories that we have in this town comes from one of the greatest performances that we've ever had in McCandless Hall. And that is the tale of Abigail Lydia Burns. Abigail was an aspiring opera singer. It's all she'd ever wanted to do. And she uh, got her start with one of these traveling groups going from town to town to town. And she and her group came to Athens not long after McCandless Hall had opened in 1912. It's one of the earliest performances at McCandless Hall. There's a lot of excitement about the town, about the show that was coming. A rave reviews had come in from other towns, and so townsfolk were very excited about it. The group was supposed to perform on a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday night. And they were a variety act. They would put on a part of a play, maybe one act from a play that someone would sing. There'd be a humorist. There'd be a dramatic reading. There would be a few songs, and Abigail would participate in a few of these. And then she would sing a a few opera numbers for the townsfolk. Uh, You know, I've ever viewed Athens as being, you know, a hotbed of opera lovers. But (laughs) at least in this case, she struck it rich. She struck gold because... On Thursday night, when they had their first show, uh, the place was packed in anticipation of this group. And they went on from number to number, and Abigail would appear in some of these. She was a young, beautiful woman. The accounts were that she had blonde hair and blue eyes, and uh, she just captured the hearts of the townsfolk. You know, in her beauty and her song, they said she sang like an angel. 
Well, at the end of the show, uh, Abigail would sing an opera number from uh, the opera La Traviata, and that's how the show closed out. So she takes center stage in McCandless Hall. If you've been there before, you can see it in your mind's eye. It looks very much today like it did back then. There's there's a big balcony that overhangs and looks out at the stage. There's this big circular stage uh, that juts out sort of into the seating area. And she stood there center stage and sang the song uh, in a flowing, beautiful white gown, they said, uh, and she captured the hearts of the town. They absolutely loved it. They stood and gave her a roaring, standing ovation. And then they told all their friends. And so the next night, on Friday night, they do it again. And 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 the, there's even more people they're crammed in there. And they've all heard about this act and how great it is. And they've heard about Abigail Burns and how beautiful she is and how sweet she sounds and her voice being like an angel. And so they all crowd in for that and they have the number again. Well, this night it's even received even greater by the townsfolk. Roaring, standing ovation that night. So the final night, okay, on Saturday night, it's going to be the third and final show. And then when they're done with the show, this traveling group is going to, getting their wagons, and they're going to their next show. They were headed to another show for the next week over in Corinth, Mississippi. So they were going to take the Florence Road and head out of town as soon as the show was over. But as they're getting ready to go, people just keep packing into McCandless Hall. And you got people sitting down in the aisles, and you know people are standing all in the back. It's crowded as it can be. And they're going out, and everything that the group does is just on fire. It's a hit, you know. And she comes out and she's doing different songs and different bits and the crowd's just roaring their approval of her. And so finally you get to the end of the show, Abigail takes the stage in this beautiful white gown, her blonde hair cascading down. And so she sings to the crowd and they're starstruck by her. And as soon as she finishes, you can't hear a pin drop. And then all the crowd in unison rises to this massive standing ovation and roars and claps and and, and it goes on, and, and she retreats, and then there's a curtain call, and they call her back out there again, and they just can't get enough of her. They brought roses. People have brought roses, and they're throwing the roses on the stage. I mean, it's just a, quite a scene. And so Abigail, is a, a young woman in her early 20s, she's overcome by the emotion that she's being shown by these people in gratitude. You know, she, she gathers up the roses into a bouquet in her arms, and she stands there center stage, and tears are flowing down her face. She's so overcome, and she quietens the crowd, raises her hand, and the crowd finally comes to a stop, and, and she's got tears streaming down her face, and she thanks the crowd for their love and their affection, and she makes a vow to return to Athens to perform again if it's the last thing that she ever does. And the crowd absolutely loves that, and they respond you know, they're, they're cheering, they're roaring. Then the other cast members come out and join her. They take multiple curtain calls. And the well-wishers, you know, they have a hard time getting to the wagons afterwards, you know, to get through the well-wishers and the autograph seekers. But finally they do, and they depart, this traveling group, they depart towards western Limestone County. This is in November, and the townsfolk take a long time to disperse from McCandless Hall. You know, it's electric. And, but they finally do, and the, and the wagons just depart into the blustery November night. Now, as y'all know, around here, sometimes in November, we can have our fair share of thunderstorms, pretty massive ones sometimes, and that's exactly what happened that night. Uh, they ride off into the blustery, windy night, and as they get in western Limestone County, they run into a terrible thunderstorm. 
Now, Abigail is alone in a, her wagon. It, it's obviously a covered carriage, and she's alone there. Her driver is on the wagon, too. She's alone on the inside, he on the outside. And they're being pulled by horses, and this is, again, it's 1912, 1913. So they're, they're in a big caravan of horses and buggies, and they're headed down the road as this lightning thunderstorm hits. And lightning is just popping on either side of the road, booming the roar of thunder, rain begins to cascade down. And at one point, there was a lightning strike, apparently adjacent to her wagon that hit a tree next to the road, completely spooks the horses. The horses jump and they rear. And as this is happening, her wagon is crossing a bridge over a dry creek. As the horses rear and buck and lurch, they become disconnected from the wagon itself. The carriage begins to tip and to turn. The rider jumps and the carriage turns over that bridge and crashes. The carriage completely crashes into the dry creek bed below. There's pandemonium then. People are running out from the wagons. They run down into the creek bed. They're sifting through the wreckage and they find her and they pull her from the wreckage and pull her underneath the the bridge there in, in the dry as the rain, just torrential downpour on either side. And there she is. She's still in her white gown. She's got tattered dress on. She's broken and, and bloody. She's still got the remnants of these flowers and she's still clutching them in her hands. And she dies in western Limestone County under that bridge on that dry creek bed in the arms of some of her fellow actors. And they say that the last words that she said where I have a promise to keep, she dies. Now, when word gets back to Athens about what has happened to Abigail, who has so captured the hearts of the men and the women of Athens, Alabama, the town is heartbroken. They had a memorial service for her at McCandless Hall. A few days later, they say that that enormous beech tree, which is planted just north of the northern wall, at McCandless Hall, they say that it was planted in her honor, still stands today, massive tree. And the townsfolk mourns the death of Abigail Burns. And the old timers say that the town never forgot her. And the legend has always been that she never forgot the town either. That not long after she died, strange things began to happen in McCandless Hall. Students would hear footsteps down empty halls and, and no one would be there. Or a student who was alone and who was studying uh, would look up in the room to see someone sitting in the corner watching them study. And on second glance, the person, you know, wasn't there. Students would say that when they were performing on stage, that they would look up into the balcony and see the shadowy figure of a woman watching them while they were performing on stage. Uh, and that, that story's been recounted many times. In fact, it was recounted not long ago by a member of the community band who had been in McCallis Hall practicing. Uh, students would report that they would be studying in McCandless Hall, reading, and then would see something over their shoulder, someone over their shoulder looking down at what they were doing, and they'd turn wouldn't see anything there, nothing at all. Students are performers, and I, I think this one is really interesting. This folks who have reported and still report today 
that when they're on stage, whether you're doing, I mean, you know, locally, if you're from Athens, you know, we'll have piano recitals mm-hmm. at McCandless Hall, we'll have community band, we'll have different kinds of events. And we have heard from several different people that when they are the focus of the attention on stage and they're standing center stage where she stood, when she engaged in that great performance, that they will be overcome when they're in the moment. I, you know, you, you hear people talk about being in the moment and people have different words for it, but when you're performing and you're into it and you know the audience is into it too and you've got them in the palm of your hand, right. when you're in the zone. Well, actors and actresses and musicians have said that when they are in the zone and they're center stage, that they are overcome sometimes by the scent of roses. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where there are no roses anywhere around. But the thing that is said most often about McCandless Hall and the thing that brings folks there on Halloween night every year is they say that when you are outside McCandless Hall and you look up into the second floor windows that overcome the entrance, that sometimes you will see a woman in a white dress with blonde hair holding a bouquet of red roses that on second glance is not there. And that what you're seeing is the ghost of Abigail Lydia Burns making good on her vow to return to Athens for another great performance. Wow. (laughs) Yay. What a great story. You know what is really creepy? I live a jump, skip, and hop from that. (laughs) Let's all. (laughs) You're going to be looking in the window a lot now, aren't you? I'm going to be like, there's Abigail. (laughs) Well, you heard it here, folks, so make sure you join the Haunt Walks to hear fabulous stories such as the one by Shane Black that we just listened to, Abigail Lydia Burns. That's right. Woohoo! I remembered. Okay, so next year you'll come back and tell us another one. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. And we'll also just go on the Haunt Walks and listen to all the rest. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, and be sure and go on Eventbrite to get your tickets, and you can also get a copy of Shane's book when you purchase your tickets. And if you need other information about this event or any of the other Athens Limestone Tourism events, our website is visitathensal.com. Perfect. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you, Jen. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.